Welcome to the Exploring Leadership Podcast, where we interview experienced HR leaders and executives to define what the most effective leaders are made of and how to help underperforming leaders transform into the best they can be. Brought to you by Lumen Leadership. Now, here's your host, Spencer Taylor. I feel so fortunate today to have Julissa Martis with us today. Julissa is the CEO and founder at Legacy HR Consulting. Welcome, Julissa. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you all. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you could join us. And I, I really feel obligated to loop our listeners into our off-air conversation a little bit just now because you <laughs> taught me that if I ever face a scenario where I have to choose between a hurricane and a tornado, I should choose, drum roll, go ahead, tell us. Tornado! Tornado! Well, I don't know if anyone else wants to choose a tornado. Me, personally, I m- would much rather go through a tornado than a hurricane. Um, backstory is, uh, my first hurricane was Hurricane Harvey, so <laughs> I don't know if you Not need any more, any more details into that. <laughs> That was a major ordeal for sure. I think anybody who was aware of the news at all, again, I don't know, what was the year? It was just a few years ago. Yeah, I want to say it was like, so I first moved to Houston like 2017, 2018. So it would have been around that. It would have been like around that time. Wow. Yeah. And it's still fresh in your mind. You told me also that you you weren't aware of of the proper response (laughs) uh, to a hurricane. That you didn't go to the store. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. So I'm notorious for not paying attention to the weather. Um, And I honestly didn't know what to do for a hurricane. And at the time, it was so funny because I was working for a transportation company in the maritime industry. So this was a huge deal for the maritime. Um, Huge. You know, and I'm watching them freak out. And I'm like, am I supposed to be doing something? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do, and what do I do? And they were like, oh, this poor girl. <laughs> and so they're like, yes, um, you know, make sure you get your preparations and all of that. And I still didn't do it, obviously, but I had family here. So I was like, if anything, I'll go stay with family for a few days. So if I'm not, if I'm stuck, I'm stuck with family. Um, and they took care of everything for me. <laughs> That's really what it should come down to is just having good people around you who know what to do. And I'm sure somehow this will tie yeah. into our conversation as we of get course. into <laughs> leadership. No, it's funny. If not, yeah, if not, now it you know. <laughs> yep, now Hurricanes you know. versus tornadoes. And I guess I should explain more why I, I did the tornado. I'm sorry. I didn't explain that. So with the hurricane, I felt like there was so much leading up to it from like the news that something is going to happen to like everyone going to the stores and buying everything out. And then during the hurricane, it rained for a few days. Like it didn't just happen. It it was raining for, I want to say like a few days and then it happened. And then we were stuck, like there was flooding, so we couldn't get out of the house. So I feel like in a tornado, it's kind of like you have an idea it's going to happen in spring. So you stay you stay a little more weather aware. And then the day of, they tell you, okay, yeah, there's definitely going to be a tornado. And then um, it happens or it doesn't happen. And then you move on. I felt like with the, tor- with the hurricane, it was just like everything leading up, the buildup during and then afterwards. It was just, I felt like a tornado. They're both awful. Let me, let me be clear. <laughs> They're both awful. <laughs> I, I wish that on no one, um, but personally, I felt like the timing and how quick the tornado was versus the hurricane, I preferred that. 
<laughs> sure. Well, yeah, maybe that's the distinction is the prolonged nature of a hurricane and the unknowns. Of course, there's some of that in a micro sense with a tornado and it can be terrible and catastrophic, but it's within an hour's window as opposed to a day's or even week's uh, type of right. window. So maybe that's it is just that it just makes the pain uh, spread out over a period of time. Anyway, interesting. And maybe it's also it's, it's more known to me, right? Like it's more known. I grew mm. up in Oklahoma, right? So it's it's just become, became a part of our culture. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so this concludes our episode of uh, weather with uh, with Spencer and Julissa today. Thanks for joining <laughs> the us. The Marino! <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Some cute tagline at the end. No, no, that's great. I, I it's it really fascinating. I mean, I have a I have a lot of client work uh, down in Oklahoma, Texas area, uh, so I get to go down there. And, and again, I've seen some of the effects. I was actually on a project. This was in Louisiana um, in early well, late two thousands after Katrina, and I still remember being shocked that it. Had, I mean, it had been five about five years after Katrina, and there was still major devastation. And that's the first time I realized that a hurricane is not just about the water and the wind, but it's right. about pressure. The yes. pressure systems can come in and blow out windows in an entire skyscraper just like that. And that was terrifying to me to think of like people are talking about shards of glass coming across toward the inside of the building and being lodged in the walls. Like I had no idea that a hurricane could wreak that kind of, of havoc. So anyway, not to get yeah. off too much on the tangents of weather, but <laughs> it is interesting. <laughs> it makes me aware and, and my heart goes out to those who, who suffer any of those disasters for sure. So now into the good stuff, which is really more about you. You mentioned you're from Oklahoma. We know where your preference is if you're ever handed a menu of the tornado hurricane decision. Mm -hmm. uh, what else should we know about you? I mean, you're running a company now, and so I'd love to hear some of the backstory of what what uh, what you've been through that led you to where you are now. Yeah. So um, I am um, CEO founder of Legacy HR Consulting. It's a HR consulting that focuses on um, human-centered design and people-centered HR. Um, I feel sometimes as HR folks, people think of us as like the principal or, <laughs> or the rule yeah. enforcers. But, you know, I feel like we're so, we can be so much more. And we can definitely, I think when you have a great HR team, that means great policies, inclusive policies. And that means that your team is feels supported. And um, that helps them meet your strategic goals. Um, so I've been in HR for 15 years. I started off just doing recruiting. And then everywhere I went, I always kind of like to learn. Um, and I like to be challenged. I'm not someone that likes to be bored at all. Um, and so anytime something new happened, um, they'd be like, hey, do you want to do it? And I'd say, sure, why not? <laughs> hey, do you want to run our benefits program? Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, that's kind of been my career. It's just learning by fire and then just really learning and then really taking it in and excelling in it. And how can I improve something? How can I streamline? How can we use technology and how can we make sure that the team feels supported? Well, that's tremendous. I love it. Well, and it, already we have a really powerful principle that you just shared by example, which is say yes, uh, Again, you have to be maybe tactical somewhat or strategic, I guess, is the way to say it about what you say yes to. But overall, your mindset is, I'm going to do it. Like, if I don't know how, I'm going to figure it out. I'm just going to do things. And that's how you've created opportunity for yourself. And I feel like that's that's very much HR. I don't know if you notice, especially with small businesses and medium-sized businesses, sometimes they don't have the funds to hire someone full-time for HR 
Or it's like someone grows into that role, right? You have someone doing operations and they're like, well, they, they can take on some of the HR. So I feel like uh, so many HR people that you meet, that's just kind of how we've <laughs> come to our position. And it's like, it just kind of happens. It clicks. You have a servant heart. You want to help support. Um, and, and you love business as well. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. And I'd love to understand more of of the origins of where that comes from for you. I know we've talked a bit in our planning just about further back in your past. There's a special uh, lesson that's tied to your name, the pronunciation of your name, which is Julissa. It's spelled like you should say it, not not should, but a lot of phonetic, you know, phonetically we would say Julissa, but it's Julissa, or sorry, Julissa, but we say Julissa. So uh, what's the connection there? So the connection, so that was like the very, that was a very first lesson for me as to um, how something so small can make a huge impact on a team member or a staff member. And the backstory behind that is um, when I just moved to Houston, it was right after my mother had passed away. And I was kind of like, hey, like, um, I think in order to honor her, I want to go by what she, what she, how she named me, what she called me. My, my, both my parents are first generation, um, and so um, they're from the Dominican Republic, and she was always so proud of my name, Julissa. Like she, she was just she always told me the the story of how she found it. Um, but growing up in Oklahoma, uh, <laughs> you can imagine the usually being the only Dominicans in the school in the community, um, my name got mispronounced quite a bit. So everyone would always just say Julissa because that's how it's spelt. Um, and after a while, I just started. Um, going by Jalissa because it was easier to go by that than to correct people by the correct pronunciation of my name. And as you're growing up, um, you want to assimilate. You want to, especially coming from being a first generation and already feeling different from everyone, um, you, you do everything you can to kind of fit in. So as I started to grow um, and I started to kind of realize like, hey, like I really want to be my authentic self. I'm tired of like, fitting in and assimilating and being that person that I think everyone wants me to be. Um, and especially as HR, I feel like that comes even more because you feel like there are a lot of eyes on you um, and you have to act a certain way. And um, so as I was moving to Houston, I was kind of struggling with what should I call, you know, should I go by Julissa or should I go by what everyone's always called me, Julissa? And um, my boss was with, you know, my first day on the job, she'd asked me, she's like, what do you want to be called? And I hesitated. And she picked, you know, who hesitates on their name, right? I can only imagine what she was thinking. Like, um, and I hesitated and she caught on to that hesitation. And she's like, what's, you know, what's going on? I was like, okay, let me, this is, you know, hey, I said I want to be my authentic self. So let me just put it out there, right? Let me just tell her what, what I'm thinking, what I'm really thinking right now, what I'm struggling with right now. And so I told her just that, like, hey, like, I've always gone by Jalissa. It's not really what my mom calls me. I really want to honor her now. Um, so I want to be called Julissa. And the way she just was like, okay, great. We'll call you Julissa. She didn't make it a thing. She never brought it up again. You know, she was just like, Julissa, like, that's what you want. That's what we're going to call you. And she was very cognizant to make sure that's what she called me moving on. And that small thing that she did 
really just opened my eyes like, hey, I could be my authentic self and still do a really great job. I can br- I can even do an even better job now, right? Just that small stuff that she did. I was just like, I want to do whatever I can um, to make sure I do a good job. So yeah. Boy, I, I love that story. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such a great thing. I, I love it because it's it's relatively small and simple, but it goes back to your earlier statement that something small can make an impact on a staff member, whether that or team member, however you want to refer to people, uh, whether that's a negative difference or a positive difference. Again, something like your that scenario, if we re-engineered it and assumed your your boss in that case didn't ask at all and just went with the status quo, you know, who's to say what, what might have happened? Right. Or they made it a thing, like br- brought it up, like, do you remember that time? Or, you oh, know, yeah. oh, wait, what do you want to be called? <laughs> What's your name again? You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. it was so empowering and it really uh, impacted me in that now, anytime I meet someone, I make sure to ask them, you know, how do I pronounce your name? Um, and I make sure, like, to get to know them, you know, like, but also, like, get to know, like, their quirks, um, get to know what motivates them. And and you just see just how, like, empowering that is to people when you actually take the time to, like, do those little things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, And I think the underlying kind of the, the deeper principle is exactly what you just said, which is really getting to know people. Like not just looking at them as an asset to be leveraged, but looking at people as the valuable, unique, like snowflake, right? I mean, every person's Absolutely. different. Everybody has their, their characteristic to, and, and strengths to share with the world and being able to draw those out and create an environment where they can share that as opposed to just kind of living within the status quo. That's a huge difference between those two. Absolutely. And, you know, just like I said, that small act impacted the way I handle other people. And I've noticed, you know, and it also allowed me to bring myself, you know, my quirky self to work. And that empowered me. I started seeing like just how more effective I was and how I was able to motivate people and really how people trusted me because they knew like I'm bringing all the faults. I'm bringing the successes. I'm bringing me. And so they, they trusted me. They said, you know, and they supported me because they knew that, I was, I was real, right? <laughs> I was real, yeah. the good and the bad. Um, and because of that, being the HR, they, they believe that I always have their best interest in mind. Well, that, in that, uh, the, the value of that, I think can't be overstated. Like that's such a, a powerful thing again in, in HR and really in any role and any leader interacting with their team member, uh, being able to demonstrate that authentic self approach. Uh, I've had just a few experiences interacting with leaders who I've always just kind of had a sense they were holding back, like they weren't sharing who they were. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's, I'm to blame for this. I'm not blaming them, but I, I felt the need to hold back myself. Like I felt the need to kind of mirror that and, okay, well, they're not right. really giving all of them. And so maybe I shouldn't either. Right. And I've also even seen people lead by fear. I remember having a conversation. I'm no longer. You know, maybe another reason why I'm on my own, but <laughs> this is a while ago where I was talking to, to if he was the CEO of a company um, that I was working at the time. And he was boggled that I actually like wanted to get to know people and that I didn't want people to be afraid of me. And he just looked at me and he was just like, why don't you want people to be afraid of you? I'm like, well, how am I going to know what they need if they're too afraid to talk? Come talk to me about what they need. Right. Huh. And he just couldn't. He was because he led by fear. And he liked leading huh. by fear. But because of that, it, it 
it showed in the in the culture and in the, the lack of engagement of staff because they couldn't bring their full self. Um, they didn't feel comfortable or secure in their position. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that, that's really interesting. And, and I know that uh, that there are other examples that, that we've touched on that represent the way you apply the lessons that we've already we've kind of included in this last few minutes. Uh, in, in the way you lead your company now, and and also just you've reflected on some other past experiences. And you told me a story about uh, something that really highlighted the importance of listening, or kind of the art of listening. Uh, I'm wondering if if this is a good time to kind of of uh, peel the onion back a little bit on that. Yeah. So listening, getting to know people, is so 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 important um, because it allows you the opportunity to gather information and make decisions based on how your team is feeling or what motivates them. So from an HR standpoint, um, I've had situations where staff members have come to me and they're like, Hey, like this dental plan is awful. Right. And and to some, it would be complaining like, Oh my gosh, people are whining. They should be happy that they have dental insurance. Right. But for me, it was like, okay, that's a data point, right? And so all throughout the year, as I would get the, this this type of data, I would store it and then I would do something with it. I wouldn't just like, okay, well, that you have you at least you have dental. It's like, no, hey, got it. I've heard this a lot as well. Um, it's on my radar. And as soon as we can make a change, I'll make sure that we can make a change. And then during open enrollment, when it's time to select new vendors, I brought all that information up. You know, I brought up the the complaints of and this is these are the issues that we're having and we have to resolve for these issues. Let's look into what other options we had. And so I will always remember like going into the open enrollment and making changes and the staff just being like, I feel heard. I feel supported. Like, thank you. Something as simple as benefits. Right. And like, you know, they'd make the complaints like months ago. Um, and then they're like, oh, my goodness, like you heard us and you made the changes. Right. You made improvements like better than what we had. We had hoped. And that's one thing that I think is important is like really listening and then doing something with that information. Right. It's one thing to listen and ask for feedback. But if you're not doing anything with it, and and even if you can't do anything, it's providing that communication, that transparent communication, like, I hear you, I get it, but, you know, right now we can't do anything about it, but trust me, as soon as we can, we're going we're, we're gonna to do something. That's so great. And I think the way that I am thinking about it, just learning from you here, is that true listening leads to action. And that action might only be feedback, like just here's why we can't do that or, you know, here's the status, but it, it's action. It's not listening is not just cell phones off, not distracted. I'm hearing what you're saying. It's going Absolutely. in my mind and you know, I'm processing it. That's only the beginning, the, the kind of the tip of the iceberg for listening, right? That's exactly right. And in this situation, at the time, I couldn't do anything, right? Like you can't make changes to your plan. Um, you know, you can only make changes to your plan once a year, right? And so the fact that it still had an impact on our on our staff months later and they were they were able to see that I took their feedback seriously so seriously that we made improvements to the plan right and so I will just I will always carry that with me um, because it, 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 people came to me and said, I've never had someone do that. And I'm like, really? Like listening and then trying to do something? You know, to me, it was it seemed easy, right? Like you, you, you get gather feedback 
it, you know, and then you make an action plan if you can do something or see what else you can do. See, you know, if you can't do X, what else is possible? You know, how else can we help people? Well, it's, it's amazing. It, it really just interesting to hear that that was like a once in a lifetime type experience for the person on the other end of that, that they're like, I've never had this happen before. And it made you realize how unique that kind of superpower of yours is that you're naturally, I guess, uh, not built because I think it's through decisions you've made and things you pursued certainly, but also just right. experiences you've had have helped you have that sensitivity and awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because then I think back in my career, like I've always done that. I just, that, that's a specific example, but you know, I know in previous positions, there was one where, um, there was a firm, they'd been around for many years and they kept wondering like, why are folks leaving? And I'm like, well, have you asked them as they're leaving? <laughs> Have you asked them why they're leaving and where they're going and why? Well, no. I was like, okay, well, let's start there. Let's start collecting that information. And we started collecting that information. Then we started seeing themes come up from that information. And then they started making changes. And it's incredible to see them now and how they're like now like the employer of choice. And I remember back then when they were like, why do we have so much turnover? Like, what's going on? And them, like, really taking that data seriously. They started doing engagement surveys and doing something with it. So it's just, um, you know, that was long ago in my career. But, I'm, you know, it's just funny how, like, that's always been, like, just listen. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is terrific, Julissa. I, I love that principle. Well, and, th and that gets me into thinking more about kind of the application side of all of this, of, of what can listeners do? today, tomorrow, whatever, you know, depending on the time of day, how can they immediately take something we've talked about and go and apply it? And maybe, maybe it's that, but if there's something else that comes to mind, then I'd love for you to share it. Well, I would say it's two things, right? People aren't going to, if people aren't comfortable around you, they're not going to be open with you. So I, I really think that being your true self and authentic and allowing people to see you make mistakes um, as well as successes, I think that's really the first part is like really bringing your true self. And then that allows other people to bring their true self. And now getting to know their true self versus the self that they want to be around their boss. So <laughs> getting to know what motivates them, getting to know like, you know, what are they, you know, what do they do during the weekends? Um, what are their hobbies? You know, why do they even want to work here? What brought them here? Um, and then using that to listen, see what comes, and then using that information in all of your decisions, really. I think that's awesome. And I also love what you said earlier about just a minute ago about uh, data, just that you, even in your previous example, you talked about how the feedback you were getting about dental, you mm -hmm. took that as a data point. And then just now you, you were talking about kind of a data-driven approach to that type of, of decision process, uh, meaning, you know, the, the exit survey example that you gave. Uh, so maybe a, a, a second layer of, of the action challenge could be if you're wondering why X is happening, like why a certain behavior is happening and behaviors are only really done by people, not by companies, um, then the follow-up would yeah. be, have you asked right. them, <laughs> right? Have, have you inquired <laughs> and looked at the data and, and listened and, and then taken action? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think with data, it's that, you, you know, everyone loves the quantitative, the numbers, right? Everyone loves like the hard facts. But I think it's also important to think of the qualitative, the more subjective, like what are people saying and are there specific themes in what they're saying that relate together, right? Like if people are leaving and everyone's saying like, hey, like the work, the capacity, there's the workload is too much, 
then hey, that's a data point, right? Like that's like, okay, we probably need to take a look at that if everyone is referencing that or their themes coming up with that. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and to me, the, the implication there also is that it may take more analysis and work to get to the root cause. I think it's, it's wise not to just take the surface level and say, you know, workload is too much and then you reduce workload right. and the problem doesn't necessarily go away because it's actually the environment. It's the right. T- or the management or, style. Yeah. It could be something else. When you start listening, you'll start hearing things. You'll start hearing a lot of things, whether people know that they're sharing things or not. And you'll start to put two and two together sometimes, right? Um, even if you don't fully ask someone the question, when people feel comfortable coming to you for things, you'll start to pick up on things. Totally agree. Yep. That, that's fantastic. Well, Julissa, how can people connect with you and, and your company and the great work you're doing? Well, they can connect with me either on LinkedIn, Julissa Martis. J-U-L-I-S-S-A-M-A-R-T-I-S, or they can connect with me on my website at www.legacyhrc.com. Okay, terrific. And we'll make sure to include both of those in the show notes so they're easy, easily clickable for our listeners. And uh, just so grateful, again, for you to take this time. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. Love to have you back again sometime. You're just a delight to, to work with here. Same, 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 same. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Exploring Leadership Podcast. To access free videos, leadership tools, case studies, tutorials, and more about how to engage your leaders at the next level, visit LumenLeader.com. We'll see you next time.